Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Oh my gosh, you're wearing your blue bandana and I love it so much. Blue like really suits you. I think it's, I don't know, maybe it just brings out your eyes more. Yeah, that's good to know. I've seen <laughs> like color, um, people that match your color to your skin tone and I'm so intrigued and I, I do because I have hazel eyes, maybe. Blue. Yeah, it's something. And you were wearing it in that photo that I really loved from the retreat. And I was like, there's just something about this photo that just like is... Yeah, it's so nice. And I've been wanting to do like the whole color matching too, um, because it makes such a big difference. Just like seeing um, people on social media, just holding like colors up to their face and like just how big of a difference it makes with their eyes and like their, even their bags underneath their eyes. It just, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, yeah, super cool. How's your day going? It's good. There's a little, I actually feel really good today because I actually did like some morning stuff and it's just like, who would have known that makes you feel good. Um, (laughs) And just like some lymphatic movement and stretching. And I did like some deep pelvic like exercises, not like pelvic care, but like just like core work. Um, I feel like more connected, but there's a tropical storm and it might progress to a hurricane. So we'll see. Oh my gosh. That's this week. I thought that was next week. Yeah, me too. And it started yesterday. Um, oh no. And then like, it's just showing that it doesn't end, mm. <laughs> but I was Googling it and her like, cause I'm supposed to fly next week, by the way, you guys, if you didn't know, um, from Cabo and I was Googling it and they can still fly in hurricanes. It just depends. I would be terrified. No, I mean, <laughs> I did not grow up with any of this. So, oh my God. Oh yeah. That's right. I keep forgetting you're in Mexico. Well, I will say like when we got caught in a hurricane in Mexico, like you're right. They did actually, one of my brother's friend was with us and he flew home. He was like, Nope, not staying for this. Yeah. Um, it was like, as it was hitting too, it wasn't before or after it was like in it um yeah I hope it doesn't get you too bad yeah it's not like great but we'll see (laughs) let's all let's all pray for Gabby well I think by the time this uh episode comes out no I think it'll be like the day before I fly yeah it'll be the day before you fly okay well fingers crossed (laughs) I love I love how you um mentioned like the morning movement because that's something I do every single morning or at least I try to like when I'm home and I'm in my rhythm like that's always a thing after breakfast like I have to do it because otherwise my body just feels sticky and crunchy it just doesn't feel open um something that we did at the retreat was like opening our bodies for the day inside of like the breathwork practice that we did and it's such a good way to like, yeah, just start off the day by like being in your body. And I think for the longest time I looked at it because I was like so desperate to feel better. I looked at it as like this checklist item. And so that ended up adding more stress to my plate. And I wasn't, I like, I liked it, but I wasn't like in the experience of it and actually truly reaping the benefits of everything that I was doing. And now it's much more of like this, um, I don't want to say intuitive movement, um, but I guess it kind of is. It's just this embodied movement that I do every single morning. And this is actually something that I'm going to give you guys a little taste of when we do the Nourished Woman info session on October the 12th. I feel like I've given you guys the wrong date maybe before. (laughs) So forgive me, Gabby and I will be in Portugal together and we can't do the first week of October. 
but when we get back, it's full on nourished woman stuff. And the week that we launch, we will be hosting that free info session just so y'all can get a really good understanding of what is inside of the nourished woman. And also, yeah, the, a little taste of what we'll be doing, like just embodied movement, um, being in your bodies and, sometimes that's not so easy for a lot of people. I always get questions about like dance because when we speak about movement, I feel like a lot of people have this misconception and that's why I like to refer to it as movement instead of exercise. Um, because I, I mean, I don't know, I guess if you really think about it, dance is exercise, but I just much prefer to use the word movement. Um, dancing is movement. But I always get questions about like, how do I even begin to dance? Like, I don't feel like it's that easy for me. And so that makes so much sense. Um, and there's definitely like a titrated process for that because yeah, sometimes it just, we, we like start judging ourselves, all our parts start coming up and like, oh, I can't do this. What is this? Um, but I truly feel dance is one of the most healing forms of medicine for our wounds and for our bodies. So yeah. All that to say, um, my morning movement does involve that and it makes such a big difference in the rest of my day. And so I'm sure you're probably feeling that right now. And just like, yeah, I just feel more like, like you said, just open and it felt good to breathe and like put my legs at the wall. And I mean, I do it. I just, um, with travel, there's just like this ungrounded feeling. And so it's like, um, when I get to a new spot, it takes me some time to get back into my routine and I don't know, just something I'll probably continuously be working on, like getting into faster. Cause I, we were doing it at the retreat and then I got here and it's just like certain things just kind of rocked me. And then I have been out of it. So, but the dance piece, like I, in 2020, when everyone was doing Instagram lives, like there were <laughs> like 50 like at all times <laughs> um who is ellen's um dj stitch is it oh uh, yeah i think that i know what you're talking about i love him, him and his wife were yes. doing like the dancing and i went into my I had like this little small room at the time i went into my small room and i would do it with them like every time and it, would, it brought me so much joy like it was oh. so fun <laughs> And like, it was obviously like a weird time and it was so fun. And that's like, I mean, I was a cheerleader for like 13 years. Like I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my God. Gabby, we <laughs> got to see your cheer stunts. Oh my God. No, I cheered to like high school. I stopped in high school and, um, like competitive cheering, not like just sideline, not just, you know, not sideline cheering. Um, okay. Solely, but so I've danced, but I definitely got out of touch with it. And it, yeah, it just like opens up this part of your body. And especially, um, it, like for the feminine, like mm -hmm. we're meant to move our hips and like so much stagnation happens there. And if we can move, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. Like if we can move the, um, the narrative around exercise, like you're saying from like these super intense practices to things that feel good and also challenge our body. Um, yeah. Cause you get so out of breath when you're dancing, but you don't think about it as much. Oh my God. I mean, y'all may know this, but I went to the bad bunny concert. I checked my aura ring and my heart rate was through the roof. And like, I had met my activity goal for the day. Like that never happens. <laughs> and you know, what's so funny, Alex Rodriguez, a rod, um, went to the bad bunny concert in, in um, New York. This is super like random, but, um, my mom sent me his Instagram story and he was dancing. He was having fun. And then the next slide was like his activity that he screenshot and like his, activity was like through the roof and like his heart rate etc I was like oh, on the same page because it <laughs> is and then like he he like ended up messing up something with his knee so you got to be careful make sure that your body is uh um I don't know just resilient enough to do whatever because sometimes when I like go dancing I'm like oh my god like I can feel like I do everything and then you just want to make sure that you're not hurting yourself. But I love that so much. I love that you did that. Um, my mom and I were dancing. I've shown you videos. I've shown you um, how we've been dancing or we were dancing in, during quarantine in 2020. The whole TikTok thing was like a big thing then. Um, 
it still is, but like more so specifically the dancing. I don't, I'm not really sure if that, that's how it is today, but yeah, it's as much like choreographed dancing anymore. Yeah. At least, like, my algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, dance is awesome. And I think when we talk about movement, it should be enjoyable. Otherwise I feel like you're doing it to punish yourself. And I've definitely been there. My friend and I were just talking about this the other day because, um, it's such a reframe when you start doing it to care for your body, to nourish your body versus going in there and like, working out super intensely so that you can have that cupcake later or that slice of pizza or whatever it is. Um, and no shame if that's you right now, like that's your journey and that's where you're at. And just, I think you may be on a similar page, Gabby, but just having come out of that is so liberating. Like, Oh, I don't have to, I think we talked about this on the last podcast episode, how we don't have to like work for our pleasures Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So Yeah. Yeah, Once I swapped that, I swapped that like narrative in my head years ago. I would say that's one of the first things I did was swapped like earning food. And it was so nice because then you can just like eat and you can move and like they have no relation to each other. Yeah. Other than like taking a walk for your blood sugar after you eat. Maybe that has a little bit of a relationship, but like it's not the walk isn't to burn the calories. The walk is to balance your blood sugar. Um, very different, more nourishing. So mm-hmm. yeah. I love that so much. We love blood sugar balance over here. It's just crazy how much our, like our priorities have shifted since college or high school, whatever, because yeah, I used to work out now. I realized it didn't start in college. It started in high school where I was eating my special K and (laughs) my, my fiber one bars and and I was, and you know, I really do quest. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Like, ew, they're not good. I was was lying to myself. Like, (laughs) I think I just wanted to be a part of the cool club, you know, that the cool kids Mm -hmm. would eat quests and it was a huge thing and protein bodybuilding. I was telling you this in a voice message earlier, like, um, about how into bodybuilding I was and, um, so much so that I almost competed and that would have been a whole thing. And I'm just so glad that I actually got sick. I started developing food intolerances and my body was like, nope, we can't even do movement anymore. Uh, Talk about divine intervention. Literally. Because you probably would have like maybe forced your thyroid into a really rough spot, your whole body. Um, You might've gotten much worse off. Yeah. I honestly don't even think I was that disciplined to be able to follow all the deficits. Like. (laughs) I would have been cheating all the time. And that's the other thing, like in that space, like cheating and like, oh, here's your cheat meal. And I did that. I was like bro dieting through the week. And then like, I just wanted to binge and like have the pizza and the ice cream. And like, it wasn't just like one serving. It was like multiple because my body was so hungry and it made so much sense. Um, But all that to say, when I, um, started developing those food intolerances. And this is like kind of what I'm seeing in practice is women are fearful of movement or they become fearful of movement after they realize like, oh, I have hormone imbalances. And -and so-and-so says that um, like strength training is not good for me or hit is not good for me or blah, blah, blah. And all I can do is yoga and walking. And I actually have a podcast episode with Adina Rubin on this. It's our very first episode together. She came on the show twice, but she's a wonderful resource. And I talk about with her, talk about her with all of my clients, if they're just like wanting to, um, work out in a hormonally respective way and, and more so like strength training, like her focus is strength training. And, um, I think what had happened was in, again, she explains this more in our episode, but I had just focused on yoga and walking for so long that it kind of like kept me in that state of low cortisol, which we talked about Gabby yesterday um, and how my Dutch test really reflected that low cortisol, just low across the board, low THEA, low progesterone. Um, And so I was feeling super low and I wasn't doing anything to that I really was enjoying. Like, I think I was just like, I love yoga. I love walking, but my system wanted more. 
And yeah, the yoga and the walking just became monotonous for a period of time. And so then I started strength training and it was so much more different than what I started off with. Um, I used to go into the gym fasted. I was not well-fueled. I was not sleeping well. And I think Adina says this too, like instead of earning your food, it's almost like earning your workout. Like how is your system before your workout? Did you not get a lot of sleep? Are you pushing yourself? Are you um, undernourished? And did you have coffee that morning without food? Um, Like your system definitely needs to be in a certain state and well-fueled to be able to tolerate such movement. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. And not, and not, and also like not taking that so seriously where you're like doing this checkbox. Like I can only, <clears throat> if I've done, like if I've slept for nine hours, if I've done all of these things, it's just like checking in, like coming back to what your body feels like. Does your body feel like moving? Does your body feel like strength training? Strength training is so important for hormone balance and um, blood sugar regulation. Like that's one of the ways that the body regulates your blood sugars through muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the narrative around yoga and walking only, and I'm a yoga teacher. I love yoga. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's not something that I advocate to only do unless you're like very sick. And that is likely not, I'm talking like bedridden, <laughs> like, yes. and, and that's different. And like, even when people are bedridden, like in the hospital, um, they get PT and they get OT and that's about strength training. That's about like bringing your body. So at least you're building muscle. So even then I, I retract my statement because muscle is so important for longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I love that. I love everything you just said. Muscle is so important for longevity. And I think strength training, just bottom line helps create resiliency. Now we're not personal trainers, so we really can't guide you in that arena. But again, some of our favorite resources, at least mine, um, Adina Rubin, um, I also really love, like I was talking to the girls about uh, this or about her on the retreat um, is my friend and colleague, Margaret Berry. And I think when I'm working with clients and they have this desire to get back into strength training, I really like to help them prepare the body. So through nourishment, of course, and then also lymphatic and fascia support. Um, and so two of my favorite resources there are Margaret Berry. She's at underscore muscles and motherhood. Um, and then functional pattern has a really great course as well. Um, just to like prime your system for everything. And then the recovery piece, I think is so important too. I think that's something that I really neglected and I didn't realize, like, I know people were drilling into my ear, like rest is so important. Recovery is so important so that you can allow your muscles to come through. Um, but I was just like, so I, I was, I think I was like, so addicted to chaos at that time. And I was so dysregulated. I was like, no more, more, more. I was so addicted to go to the, going to the gym, spending an hour there every single morning fasted. And then my rest day was going to yoga, a yoga class. Um, so there was no like true rest because, um, something I talk about with my clients is, um, what John Wineland says, which is nourishment without demand. And, even when we're doing yoga, if we're doing meditation or, or breath work, whatever, that's still demanding something of your system. So when's the last time you actually just did nothing, um, carving out time to do absolutely nothing, just to receive, just to stare out the window into the abyss and let whatever to drop in. Um, I think that is just probably one of the most transformative pieces of my journey so far was the art of doing nothing. And I'm only speaking for myself because I am someone who would like pile a lot of my plate and just like more and more and more and more, or go out and create chaos because that is what kept my system safe. Um, and I put that in air quotes for those of you who are listening, because really it wasn't keeping me safe. It was just what it was used to. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's the only place too, that you're getting endorphins, like if you're in a, 
um, a tough spot mentally and emotionally and a workout is the way that you can get endorphins and you can see how that's addicting mm-hmm. in itself as well, because it's the only place that you're getting that feeling. Yeah. Um, and so recovery doesn't feel good because it doesn't feel like you're able to get the, the hormones and neurotransmitters and yeah. I, I love that. Feel good. So how can we find more ways than just like beating our bodies into the ground <laughs> to get those endorphins? I mean, you can get them in so many ways. So that's it. That's it. You said it. That was the only, at the time, that was the only way I was like really receiving pleasure. And maybe so many of you can relate to the, a workout being like a release. And I think it is like, even yeah. when, yeah. Yeah. Like even if you're in a sympathetic state, you're noticing like activation in your body, like going for a, a more, I don't know, say like rigorous walk, um, can be super supportive or going on a run. Like if your system will allow, can be super supportive and bringing you back down to your window of tolerance. Um, but all that to say, I think that was my only way I was receiving pleasure back then. I had no idea what my hobbies were, my, where I would creatively express myself. That was not a thing. Um, I was going through a lot emotionally and the only place I really felt good was the gym. And of course, when I say feel good, I don't even know what I felt like on the inside. It was more so like aesthetically pleasing and it was validating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just some things to consider. Um, I want to me like, Oh, sorry, real quick. I was just going to say, that's why so many thoughts come in. Like when you're in the shower or when you're driving, cause it's more of like a monotonous task and then it allows space for thoughts to come in. So if you're having a resistance to being still think of all the things that have come in when you have been still, um, mm-hmm. it's a practice, but moving No, it is a practice. And this is something that we can talk about more in depth in like a nervous system episode, but the addiction to chaos and the inability to sit still. And I've actually been noticing that in myself lately too. Like there's just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I want to, okay. I retract that statement too, because it's actually gotten (laughs) a lot better, but there have been moments where I'm like, oh, like I have free time, but I still choose to just like put my head down into my phone. Like, what am I ignoring? What am I not facing? What does my sis, what does my system truly need in this moment? And it comes back to what Gabby said earlier. It's like checking in with your system. And I love to do this with like one hand on, on my heart and just closing my eyes and just like just noticing really quick and, and well, not really quick, but taking as much time as you need actually, and trusting whatever comes through first. And so you'll start to notice like so many thoughts trickling in. Those are all your parts coming in and maybe they're having an argument, like don't (laughs) think this, or what about this? You forgot about this or all this, but just see if you can just notice them. And then ask yourself what your sister or what that part really needs. And sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's a bath. Sometimes it's connecting with a friend who really has the capacity to listen. And I have a whole post on how to self-regulate on my Instagram account. So it's, it's something I did recently. So you should be able to easily find it um, because that kind of takes you through the steps as well. I feel so relaxed watching you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I I love doing that, but sometimes I am resistant to doing it. Oh yeah. But that's, there's fear of what's going to come up. There's things. Yeah. And that's when you need to boring sometimes too. feels super boring. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We have to do a whole episode on this. Yeah. We need really important. (laughs) Um, but from a nervous system perspective, when it comes to movement, Um, again, there's women on one end of the spectrum who feel like they shouldn't be working out at all because their hormones are so imbalanced. And then there are women on the other end of the spectrum who feel as though, um, they love it so much, but maybe they're not doing it in a way that honors their cycle. And so they're still doing it even when they don't feel like they really want to go to the gym. It's just kind of like this 
autopilot response, like, oh, go to the gym, not even really checking in with yourself, as you mentioned. And this is something that I actually worked on with a student inside of the Nourish Woman. And lo and behold, as soon as she began checking in with herself, she was like, um, I don't think I'm feeling the gym today. I don't think my body, it feels tired. And I'm going to actually just give her rest. Same thing with a friend the other day. She was like, I, I felt like I wanted to go to the gym, but my body was just so tired. Um, and so sometimes it's kind of like, okay, I don't know. There's resistance to like giving your body what it actually needs. And mm -hmm. that feels like boring, as you just said, like, oh, I have to rest. <laughs> um, and so we have women on both ends of the spectrum, but if you're someone who is just getting back into the movement on top of the lymph and fascia support and nourishment, um, something that you can do, I've talked about this on stories before, and that is titrating. So maybe you go to clean your house and you're, you're like, I'm going to clean my whole house. Like I'm going to vacuum. I'm going to wipe everything down, et cetera, et cetera. Can you pause and notice what your system is doing when you're cleaning? So maybe you're like starting to notice your heart rate racing. Maybe you're starting to notice that you're sweating or you're starting to notice like this isn't fun anymore. So you actually honor that and pause. You listen to that impulse versus like, oh, I just need to get it done. I just need to get this done so it can be checked off my list or whatever it is. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, being okay with things that are incomplete. And I know for me, that's something I really had to work hard on. And yeah, I just feel like you can start there. Like something as simple as that, or maybe you're on your, on your walk and you're like, I'm going to do 30 minutes, but really your system can only do 15 honoring that and, mm -hmm. and starting there, starting small and then slowly building your way up to weights. Um, your system will thank you because when you're starting to strength train and you're starting to notice that, that fatigue coming online, you can much more easily say, okay, I think we've had enough today. Does this make sense? Yeah. And I think that um, in the beginning, this can be really hard to check in with your body. And I'm trying to replace the word hard. Let me know if you have a good word for it. Um, challenging, challenging. Jinx. Oh, yes. oh, we both, jinx. <laughs> um, jinx. So it can be challenging to check in with your body, especially I want to like talk specifically because I resonate with these people, the people that are having a hard time with energy and have low cortisol. And I think we both can look at this because if you have low cortisol, low energy, hormone imbalance, your body might feel tired every day. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't move every day because movement can be energizing. But what the switch can be is like, I'm feeling tired today. I'm feeling tired. I was feeling tired yesterday. I'm feeling tired tomorrow, but I want to move my body. It's like, okay, let's move your body in a really nourishing way. Instead of going to the gym and doing a spin class, we go to the gym and do a couple sets of weights and maybe the weight is lighter than it typically is. And then you also have the permission that if you get to the gym, because if you can't figure out what's best movement or not moving, maybe you go. And if you get there and you try it out and it still isn't feeling good, you feel exhausted, you leave. Like no one's going to judge you if you're in there for 10 minutes, no one cares. And they probably don't even realize. <laughs> um, I've done that before, gotten all the way to the gym, gotten in, started working out and then just been like this actually, you know, I gave it 15 minutes. I should be starting to feel good by now. I still feel exhausted. I'm going to go. <laughs> uh, maybe you just do it at home that day. If you're, if you don't want to, you know, make that track, but it can be challenging to figure out just like it can be challenging when um, you're coming from like a standard American diet to a more nourishing diet, it can be challenging to intuitively eat because your intuition is telling you to eat these things that might not be the most supportive because that's what your nervous system knows. Um, and so there can be this transition period to a point where you're really in touch with your body and it's really like telling you exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just wanted to touch on when it can be hard to do that. Challenging. Challenging. 
And I think it, it's a, yeah, it, the patience in the process, learning to love the process. This is something that came to me, um, like really landed in my body at some point last year. I can't remember when, but I was like, so desperately trying to get to the end result, and the majority of it all, like in every, almost every scenario you can think of is the process. So can we learn to, if not love it, at least accept it or meet it with neutrality. Okay. Here's mm -hmm. my plan, And this is a part of it. This is my journey. And it's so beautiful when you look at it that way, at least for me, like speaking for myself, um, when you take a step back and realize that, that this is it, this is the bulk of it instead of like, how boring would it be to just like get to the outcome? I mean, I know I understand like the frustration for sure. That makes so much sense. And you're allowed to have that. Um, but yeah, I do think it would be boring to just get what we want. And that's hard because of the, um, what am I trying to say? The help me, Gabby, the, <laughs> the convenience that we have today yeah, in like today's the, world. What am I trying to say? Like the yeah. gratification, gratification like the instant gratification. That's the, yeah. that's <laughs> to come to me. I was like, give me more, give me more. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And on top of that, um, the female cycle, I feel like so many of the workouts in today's world are like exercise in general are just geared towards men. Men have been the ones who are studied. Um, there's, we're really having to start from scratch. I feel like we're a part of it um, in this, this life stage and era that we're in um, for helping women find ways that are like for movement that are supportive for them. And so men have a 24 hour hormone cycle, whereas women have a 28 day or longer hormone cycle. And so our hormones are fluctuating throughout the entire month. And I know there are like rules where it's like your follicular phase, do these workouts or like ovulation, do this. And I think those are great guidelines and you're allowed to break the rules, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. That was like one of the biggest things I was like, wait, so I'm not supposed to work out in the gym doing weights in my late luteal phase, but that's what I feel like I want to do. And it's like, I was reading someone's posts recently or maybe not, but they were just like, that's like some of my best workout days, I feel so focused and I feel, and, it, and maybe that means you're not doing a spin class again, like you're not <clears throat> going crazy, but you're able to move your body still in the times. Because if you only work out according to your cycle, I think I even had a post on this a while back, that if you're only working out according to your cycle, you're really only like strength training, like for a week out of your Mm. a couple days mm -hmm. and like unfortunately like I don't know like your body would probably feel good doing a bit more um you know checking in with your specific body but my body feels much better doing more than that and um yeah I wanted to touch you on the instant gratification real quick in that it's very similar to when somebody we do htma and when somebody's in the four lows or three lows um, I just had a client yesterday that's in four lows and I explained to her that while it can take time, like six months to a year to get out of this pattern, it doesn't mean you're not going to see successes and see things change along the way. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you're waiting that whole time to see any, um, positive results. So just remembering that you're still, and that's, what's beautiful is like, it's a, like you said, the titration, um, so yeah. Anyway, I wanted to add that in, but back to the, the cycle syncing. Yeah. I think it can really mess with people and other people absolutely love it. So figure yeah, out. Yeah, Exactly. Where are you? Where are you and, and your life stage? What can, what do you have capacity for? Oh, I could go into depth with this, but like we are comparing ourselves to so-and-so, so-and-so's healing journey and bodies, et cetera, but we have entirely different stories, different life events, um, different histories, and only have capacity for what we have capacity for. And so maybe it is remem remembering all the workouts that you should be doing and each phase of your cycle 
and also leaving room because I think health at the end of the day is flexible. It's not rigid. Um, and so if one day you want to go strength train during your late luteal phase, you do that. And that's empowering to be able to choose that because I also have a hard time believing or seeing um, resiliency and an actual like strength building, like strength coming online with just strength training once a month or once for one week once a month. Like it's, I think it's more of like a consistent progression and Adina is really big on this. And I think she, she's just an advocate for strength training all along. Um, but adjusting, like you said earlier, lighter weights, fewer reps, whatever it is. And maybe your body just needs like myofascial release one day. And you know, that's, that's allowed to, um, I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to get across is that it is this inner knowing, but I also want to speak to the and hold space for those who don't feel like they have that inner knowing right now. Like, how do I even, um, you know, know what my body needs? But I, I also think that's really beautiful and a beautiful place to start. Um, and oh, I had a thought and I'm blanking. <laughs> Words are not coming to me right now, but we're in our late luteal. <laughs> I am in my late luteal, so brain fog is real. Um, but yeah, all that to say is that everyone is different and you just need to ask yourself what you have capacity for. And okay, I remember my thought. So same with like intuitive eating. I always think that there needs to be a correction with your biology first, your physiology first, mm -hmm. like maybe you do have to start eating every three to four hours so that your intuition can come back online. And maybe you do have to follow something, a program of sorts so that you can just start somewhere and make adjustments as needed and be supported in that as well. Because I also really think that it's so hard to make these decisions on your own, especially when you have no idea what's going on in here. Meaning like you are not um, super in your body yet and that's okay. So having someone there to support you through that process can be super helpful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just remembering back to like when I first started out, like that intuitive eating was like, okay, my intuition. <laughs> It's telling me <laughs> I need a Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich right now and a frappuccino. <sighs> Maybe you do need that, but if that isn't your goal to be very nourishing, then yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's all so dependent. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, do you want to talk about female body types and yoga? Yeah. So just something to consider. And I think this goes on to like the comparison factor too, especially if you're seeing workouts online, um, from body types that maybe you want, like, maybe this is a body type that feels like, Oh, wow. If I had that body type, I would feel really good in my body. And, um, those thoughts that a lot of us can have with the comparison on fake social media. Um, not all fake, sorry. That was <laughs> statement but just the you know like all the actually side note the reason I'm saying that is because TikTok recently changed the setting on the phone and so the immediate setting is a glossed over like removes all your quote-unquote flaws right away and I think it's so damaging like we have the filters that are doing that as well but now it's just like immediate like so it's not even a choice to have like your bare face on there oh no um, yeah. And I just think it's like, Ooh, then we see people in person and we're like, Oh, you have acne scars. Mm. Um, and so like the same thing with bodies, like you just never know what somebody actually looks like. And maybe they, you know, um, so think something like yoga, like the way that yoga was originally made was for little boys, like 10 to 12 years old, I believe I might be wrong on that exact age, but little boys, um, so they don't have spread out hips. They don't have um, fat in the areas that the feminine body has. Um, there are so many differences. And so if you're seeing, my point is that if you're seeing uh, someone do a workout online and they have an entirely different body type than you and a different structural alignment, 
it might not look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the whole theme is coming back to like what your body is doing. And there is, there are ways that are really important to think about like in a squat. I think Adina talks about this too, like in a squat, um, making sure your breath pattern and your pelvic floor, that's pretty universal, the way that you should breathe and, and, and move your pelvic floor, but just really adapting things to how your body is. Um, and maybe that leads you to wanting to do more body work. Maybe that's chiropractic. Maybe that's any sort of manipulation and, uh, the myofascial release because you're noticing, um, kinks in your body and not comparing them to what other people might have. Um, yeah, does that, that's huge. That's huge because that's not something that we think about. We see success that someone else has had with their movement. And so we just, I mean, it's okay to explore and play and see if it works for you, but we, I think maybe going into it with like the idea and misconception, like, oh, this is definitely going to work for me too. But Mm -hmm. when you have the mindset, gosh, I feel like this just comes right back around to curiosity oh, I'm curious to see if this is going to serve me and my system. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say that. Um, so yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. That was, that was news to me, the whole yoga piece. When I learned about that, like sometime last year, I was like, oh, I had no idea, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. So like in a lunge, maybe your legs are wider and that's beautiful because your hips are wider. Mm-hmm. So like, that's not wrong for you mm-hmm. to do that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really good to know because maybe someone has been told otherwise, like you need to do this differently and you need to work on it and you just suck at doing this or whatever whatever it is. Um, I do want to touch on running and cycling. I know we've mentioned it a few times, um, already, but we haven't really gone into how this kind of relates to hormone imbalances. Um, so I think that running and cycling can be really beautiful and supportive like, whoa, that it's taken me a really long time to come around to say that. Um, (laughs) because I used to be so against them. And while I don't really do much of that today, um, it's not something that I truly enjoy. Like, I mean, (laughs) all those memes that you see about running, like, where are they going? Like, why are they doing that? Is everything okay? Like, that's me. Um, I just don't really need a ride. I know you need a ride. You good. Um, but my boyfriend on the other hand, and he's a man. So like he loves running and that's his thing. He tried to take me running one day, Gabby. I wish I could replay this in my mind. I've done that with a boyfriend before too. And wow. I was like, I feel like I'm dying. And I, this is like, I think before my first mineral test. So it just makes so much sense. And I literally, I was like, Carlos, I taste blood in my throat. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And he like, of I'm course. literally dying. I'm bleeding out. <laughs> literally. Um, but I used to also go to a cycling studio at five o'clock in the morning, which is not supportive. And also what I've learned about cycling these are things just to be mindful of guys and not saying that, you know, they may not serve you. And I think the duration and the quantity of them, like, you know, do you have a Peloton at home? I mean, I don't know. I really love how Adina speaks to this because the seat of the bike is actually really not supportive for your pelvic bowl. Um, and so just being mindful of that again, maybe it's like a random cycling class here and there, but do I probably, and this is me speaking for myself. I don't know how you feel Gabby, but do I recommend uh, Peloton like every single day? Probably not. No, no, <laughs> that's not how I feel. Um, especially with all the benefits that we just talked about with the strength training. Um, and maybe <clears throat> like if you have a Peloton and you love it, like just doing it a couple times a week and like maybe it's just your warm-up like if you are a home gym type person and you get on yeah. two to five minutes to warm up but we're talking like consistent minute, like yeah. hard ass <laughs> cycling every day oh my god yeah cycling is super hard I used to I can't like believe I used to do that at you and, they're yeah. screaming at you it's just not <laughs> I don't know, but I think I really liked it. Like all the yelling, all the loud music, et cetera, because that's where my nervous system was. Me too. And I needed that. It was so fun, like at times, because depending on the teacher and the music, they make it like, and I I think that's beautiful if like 
like you said, like once in a while doing that. And yeah, yeah. it can be fun. It can be fun. Um, and then I wanted something I always, always get questions about is how do I know if it's serving? Like, how do I know if I can strength train throughout my late luteal phase or whatever? Um, and, and this is something I've kind of like taken a step back from, and this is kind of what we got into with that student inside of the nurse woman who used to track her temperatures, used to track her pulse. You know, that was how she kind of knew, knew, I put that in air quotes, air quotes that it was serving her. But at the same time, she had all these symptoms. And so that's when we really brought it back to her body. But I won't, you know, um, negates one or the other. I think that both can be beautiful. And again, just depending on what you have capacity for. But if you see your temperature severely dropping after a workout, or you see your pulse severely dropping after your workout, I also think that you could probably drop into your body and notice, oh, I'm feeling super fatigued actually. And I feel really tired and I don't feel like doing the rest of the day. Um, or you're still having cycle issues after doing this for a really long time. Um, your digestion's not on point and you're noticing acne is not getting better. Like that's when I would kind of start to question things and maybe permission to drop all of the, the data. You know, that's something that I actually tend to do with a lot of my clients because they usually come to me with knowing so much of here in their brains and they're just operating from this headspace versus, and then forgetting about like everything that's happening down here. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great point because we can get so data driven and then we're completely ignoring. Yeah. Our body. Yeah. yeah. But it's also like, and then I became so like in my body and like intuition, whatever. And then I was like, okay, I think data can be okay as a check-in. Um, mm -hmm. that's kind of like how I view things. Um, and, and, and same thing with like counting food or tracking food, like just to check in every once in a while, see how, see how close I am to certain markers. And, um, that's just like my masculine, like, I don't want to just be like, oh, and my feminine, ah, oh. but mm -hmm. the masculine, you know, can be data-driven and can check in. And I think that's really important too. It's the relationship between the two, not just being so in your feminine, which we can do a whole other episode on. We are doing a whole episode on. Um, so stay tuned for that because I think so many women um, are now like waking up to this notion of the feminine and they're like, how do I be more feminine? Um, but then we're forgetting all about the masculine that lies within us too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, all right. I think that's pretty much all I have, Gabby. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? No, I think that covers it. Let us know if you have any questions like about this specifically. Um, and I think that's it. I do have one more thing. I lie, guys. I lie. Yeah. <laughs> it just popped in my mind that this is something that has allowed me to get more movement throughout my day. So that I'm not just, especially Gabby and I both stare at screens. We meet with clients online. Um, then on top of that, like social media and our business um, platform that exists on there. So it's really easy to be sucked up into the screens and um something that I do. And I want you to share the name of the app again, um, for people to take breaks, because this is something that I've just had to naturally like, remind myself of, like checking in with my system. How am I doing? Has it been over an hour that I've been sitting down? I think my body could use like just taking a step away from my computer. Maybe that's getting some sun or going for a walk or just moving around the house and doing something else and like staring at my screen. And that is also movement. Mm -hmm. So many of us work from home now. So um, even just moving like different, like I, I'm sitting on the floor right now. So like sit on the floor, sit, like stand at your desk. If you can stand at the counter, if you can, like just moving your laptop around, if that's available for you, um, just trains your body to be able to handle different, you know, it's movement. And like you said, the app that I've been using, which I love, it's called Focus Timer. Um and it's like a red app. Um, and it basically counts down, like you can pause it at any time, but it sets for an hour and a half and you might be able to change this. I haven't looked into it, but you can, it sets for an hour and a half. And then after an hour and a half, it comes and it covers your whole screen telling you to take a break. 
Um, so if you're someone that's like, wow, I just sat for four hours straight and I didn't take, I didn't get up. Um, this can be really helpful for you. And it also will do a longer break. I noticed like it'll, it'll do five minute breaks, but then at some point it will give you a 25 minute break. Um, and that might be a time that you actually go on a walk or you do some, some sort of other movement, you go eat lunch, something um, that's changing your scenario. And it's really helpful for your brain too, to see different areas. Like if you're only in one room all day, um, it can be really hard to be productive. Your brain also gets bored and in like this monotonous state. And so um, even like looking out past your computer, if you're having a hard time or, um, changing your layout scenario at some point and moving your body. It's really mm. good. For your brain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I made excuses and this is just also because of the state my nervous system was in, I was burnt out. Um, and so all I could manage for a period of time was like, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block and that's it. And so maybe that's five minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I viewed a walk like, oh, and of course, like, of of course, a 25 minute walk feels so much nicer. And, but also like, I think that's the productivity, like, oh, if it's not this, then it's not worth it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't make a difference, but like five minutes can it can sure make a make a difference. Totally. Five minutes. And then you are typically like, it's a lot easier to focus when you come back and you're way more efficient. Yes. But I'm way more efficient and I get things done so much faster and I'm not just like brain fogged when I take breaks, even five minutes. <laughs> even five minutes, y'all. And also permission to take a nap. Like uh, this is a different topic. I feel like we should do a whole episode on sleep. I'm sure there's so much that we can share there because it truly is one of the most important pieces of the healing journey. But um, a lot of us override this um, because of our busy lives or we think that the answer lies in the supplement or whatever, but um, permission to just close your eyes if that's what your body needs. Um, I think for so long I viewed naps as like that. Like, how dare you take a nap? Um, yeah. And I'm also someone who really can't nap throughout the day, but sometimes it just feels really good to just rest my eyes. No technology, nothing. Just stepping away from everything for five minutes, just to rest my eyes, permissioning yourself to do that. Um, I think a lot of this is permissioning yourself and allowing that. So That is all we have for today's show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Until next time. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time.